Welcome back, everyone, to R2Cast number 48. Fast approaching that number 50, which is insane to think we started this last January. We've always had 50 guests on. Um, it's been a, been a journey for sure. Uh, today we have Nicola. You may know her as the Livestock Farm Her. Uh, Nicola, if you'd like to say hello. Hello. Before we get on into another excellent episode of the R2Cast, I would just like to thank the sponsor for the show today, The Scottish Farmer a weekly magazine highlighting everything you need to know regarding the Scottish agricultural industry, whether it's breaking news, events happening in the sector, market reports, classified ads, or just wholesome stories happening in the industry. The Scottish farmers got it for you. So famous on the Instagrams, as Nicola, famous on the TV as well, which we'll come to at some point. Um, could you tell us a bit about your background though, Nicola? Was, was, were you born into farming was farming always for you yep so um i was very fortunate uh i've been born on our family farm so my grandfather bought it back in the 1950s um and then my dad and my uncle took over and my uncle then left the partnership so it's just my dad now and i'm coming through and working on the farm sort of full-time now um, to start with, like when I was younger, we've always been involved in the farm. Like we've always had our own pet lambs and um, always got kind of thrown in at the deep end of lambing and got stuck in. But um, it was when I was, I think it was when I was 10, um, I got to keep my own pigs. Um, so that kind of really, I think, encouraged the passion. Like it kind of grew from there. Um, and then yeah just kind of took off and that's kind of when I realized that yeah I did want to come back and farm full-time and was so you had the pigs at 10 I assume you had mm -hmm. made your life decisions at 10 with your pigs uh, <laughs> was it did you did you go off to college or anything like that or was it just staying at home yeah so um I finished <clears> school and then I went to college and did two years at Crabston Um, I got my HND in agriculture and then I decided to go to New Zealand for three months um went to New Zealand and then after that I came home and I've never left since. Well, how long ago was that? Uh, I was in New Zealand in 2018. Right. No, good. I'm just gonna apologize to everyone listening. I've I've got a horrible throat and I'm trying not to cough when Nicola's talking. So uh, if I do cough when I'm talking, I apologize. Um <coughs> what I will say is um uh off to New Zealand you hear you hear a lot of folk talk in New Zealand and it's sort of like the I don't know if Mecca is the word, but the sort of the, the place that everyone wants to try. Did it live up to the hype? Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I At the time, I was quite nervous. I went out myself, and it's <laughs> the first time I'd like ever done anything like that. So I was really, really nervous. Um, and it was like over, I went over November to January. Um, so it was like the first time being away over Christmas and New Year and everything. So that was like a big like step. Um, and I did kind of struggle with that at the time um, but like looking back and then once I kind of you know got into the way of it and was busy working and did some traveling and that um, yeah it was amazing and I would encourage anybody if you get a chance do it. <laughs> That's what just what everyone says just what everyone says. Yeah. Um, was that was that with sheep with dairy cattle? Um, it was actually mostly dairy cattle, so it was like completely different to what I'm used to here, which was, I think, a great experience, to be honest. Um, and I did learn a lot 
So no, it was, it was really, really good. I just didn't like having to wear sun cream all the time. <laughs> it was so hot. We're, we're not used to the sun cream stuff here. <laughs> <laughs> Putting sun cream on and having a barbecue on Christmas Day was different. <laughs> Quite surreal that is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Christmas Day is normally like six layers until you get into the flat. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, how many cattle was on the dairy farm? Oh, um, the one I was like the the farm that I kind of like stayed on. It was the like fattening farm, so they had about six hundred dairy bulls, um, <laughs> that they fattened. But then their neighbours went out helped out with the milking. Um, I think there was about I want to say about three or four hundred. <laughs> um, it wasn't like huge, huge. Um, but that was sort of like their kind of average size. Um, so yeah, no, it was really good. Really enjoyed it. What, what breed were the the bulls that were fattened, and what age did they go away at roughly? Oh, um, they were free. They were all Frisian bulls, and they were some of them were like two, two and a half, <coughs> three before they went. Um. So yeah, there were fair lumps of things, but they're just completely grass fed. They weren't fed yeah. anything like any other feed or that. Um, and the the milk inside was it was it one of the rotary parlors? Um, no, it was a what's the word? Heronwood. Yeah, yeah, like swing. Yeah, either side. Um, so yeah, that was really good. Just totally <laughs> different. It's just not what I'm used to at all. I think that's one of the, the best things about going somewhere. I mean, I've never I've never left the UK to work, uh, but I went to Essex two summers and, you know, coming from a beef and sheep farm in the Isle of Ireland, moving down to a six and a half thousand acre animal place was different. Yeah. <laughs> I vividly remember, vividly remember the first day uh, I went round and looked into the side tractor shed that I thought was the main tractor shed, but the side tractor shed. And there was a 6930 John Deere, and I don't know if you're into tractors or what, but I remember thinking, oh my God, it's huge. And then yeah. it opened the next door and there's this like 690 horsepower quad track and 480. And I'm like, oh, oh my wow. God. <laughs> uh, it was quite surreal going home from that later on that yeah. year and seeing these tractors that I used to think were big and thinking, that's just a quad. You know, it's, uh, but so good seeing that different experience like you're seeing. Um, and, and a lot of people that listen to this and the reason they listen to it is is sort of seeing the different people that are in the industry and, and and sort of different jobs that are out there and I couldn't stress enough how much it's important to if you're from x farm to try out y farm to try try something different and Definitely. and uh, yeah do you see yourself going into dairy ever again no. no no my uh my other half he's from northern ireland and the part of northern northern ireland he's from is just all dairy country so um whenever we go back there you know we we do go to dairies and, and whatnot, but um, no, I no, <laughs> I couldn't see myself doing it here. No, you've had your fix. Had your fix. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'll stick to the the suckler cows and the sheep. <laughs> yeah. So, and that brings me on to my next question. Could you tell us a bit about the home farm? <clears throat> yeah. So we're farming about just over fourteen hundred acres, um, and we have. We're sitting just about 850 breeding yows. Um, there's about, uh, most of them are Scottish mules, all put to Texel tucks. 
Um, <clears throat> and then we also have a like, very small flock of pedigree non-registered texels to try and breed some of our own replacement um, tubs. Um, the cattle, we have about 240 head of suckler cows calving half spring, half autumn. And all the calves are sold at our local mart at a year old as stores. I should say the sheep, we sell all the lambs off grass um, straight to the abattoirs. Um, what's your local market? Uh, it's Jainston. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to gauge roughly where you are. Where is it you are? You said just off camera, but so. Um, so we're sort of between, we're closer to Elgin um, than we are Aberdeen, but we're sort of halfway between Huntley and Dufton, slightly closer to Huntley um, yeah. in the northeast. The uh, Sucklers, what breed are you running with? Uh, we've got Cemental <coughs> and Limousin Cross all bought as bulling heifers out of the Southern Ireland. Right, okay, yeah. Has that always been what you've done? Yeah, so my grandfather started that um, and dad's carried it on just purely because quality and price. Um, <coughs> we get them all home in one batch. Uh, we've got a, a chap over there that sources them all for us, gets them all tested. Um, and then get some all sent home. So we'd take two lots home, uh, spring and autumn, and about 20 each time. Yeah. And is the reason for doing spring and autumn half and half just to spread the load? Spread the workload and also you just get income twice a year. Yeah, easier that way. The, the Scotch mules, are you breeding them yourself from your own blacks and blues or buying them as well? No, we buy all them in as replacement gimmers. Um the past couple of years I've been buying mule hogs just because we've got um some ground we can winter them over, but I just gimmer them. I don't I don't tuck them as hogs. Um <coughs> but yeah, <coughs> bought Sorry. bought out of Fainston and Huntley. Right, okay. So if, if you got so Fainston and Huntley, is that the the two markets near you? Is there anything else nearby or yeah? yeah. No, no, they'd no. be the two main ones. Fainston's quite a notable one though. I mean everyone knows about Fainston. Uh, yeah. Whether that's from the mart, I don't think it is. Though I'm pretty sure I've always known about Saintson. Um, never been as someone who's never been north of Dundee. Uh, I, no way. That is, it's quite embarrassing. That uh, yeah. So yeah, but I've never been. Come up for a visit. Oh, excellent! This, this is the best thing with this podcast. Invited <laughs> to visits everywhere. It's great fun. Um, yes, you, you shouldn't have offered this uh, because I will pick you up on that. Um, Absolutely. Oh, yeah, look at that. When you mentioned Dundee, <laughs> are you considering going to Scotchy? Hoping to, yep. Yeah. Yep, it's going to be a good day out. Yeah, it's needed. It's been a while since all these things. Uh, Definitely. Now, when you were listening to this, Scotchy was probably about two months ago. Um, but uh, hopefully, it was a good day on June 1st. Hopefully, we got the weather that we wanted and it wasn't like. Did you happen to go to. Oh God, Quickswood and Duns. It was, I think, six years ago. No, oh, I don't think so. No. no, I mean, I have not seen rain like it ever. <laughs> it was so unfortunate, and they had all these tours set up and everything ready to go, and it just, uh, it was. If you didn't have your oh, snorkel, no. you couldn't go. You know, um, God. <laughs> it was unfortunate. Um, 
He said fourteen hundred acres. Is that is that all owned? He said it was bought in the fifties. Is that all owned? Yeah. Yeah, it's all owned. Yeah. Yeah. That must make. We do sense. a small amount of. We do a small amount of crop as well, but it's just a and hundred acres. Um, all spring barley, some mostly malting, and then keep some for ourselves. Did you say mostly malting? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, mostly malting. Yeah. Yeah. Is that sold nearby? Yep, it's all sold uh, to Port Gordon, so it all goes there. Um, but it goes there, and then it's used in Abelour whiskey. Abelour, okay, yeah, yeah, well known one. Well, known. So, yeah. As someone who doesn't drink whiskey, I've always wanted to drink whiskey. I think it looks really cool. People have a whiskey collection, but I have it, and it just burns my body. Um, <laughs> way too painful. Uh, the, <laughs> I, I can actually remember if you said this, but um, you said all your your lambs are reared off grass straight to the slot to the to the abattoir. Um, what abattoir is that? Uh, we work <laughs> uh, Woodheads at Turriff. Right. So it's just about forty minutes from us. Are they taking quite a lot from nearby? Are they? Yeah, seem to be. Seem yeah. to be. We we put our lambs through. They're under um, what's called May Select. So that's kind of through Dumbia run that. Um, right. But because the slaughterhouse at Elgin was shut down oh, quite a few years ago now, um, Turriff then took on um, that contract from Dumbia. So we get an allocated day um, for our lambs to go. Right. Through, and through that May Select. Is that, is that a butcher's as well or is it just an abattoir? It's just an album. Uh, no, it's maybe a butcher's as well, actually. Right. Yeah. I think so. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, it's it's one of the it's one of the worrying ones with the industry. And we're we're from an island, as I mentioned. And I mean, I'm not on an island at the minute, but from an island, and, and one of the big issues is is getting things killed, and abattoirs yeah. are just disappearing like that. Um. So it's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what 850 yows you said. So they'll be getting quite a lot of lambs from you, at least to keep them going, even just from yourself. So. That's yeah. that's good in itself. You mentioned your partner. Um, do you both work on the farm? Uh, um, no, he's Davy's self-employed. Um, he's a self-employed shepherd. He does sheep scanning and sheep shearing, um, and he's got his own flock of sheep as well. Right. And from following you, it seems like you do quite a bit of rousing. Do you do a bit of shearing as well? I do the odd few. Um, I couldn't. I definitely couldn't hack it like all day every day. Um, but yeah, I'd like to get a bit more like confident to be able just to like go up and do a few. Um, or just just you know if there's a yeah missed or your neighbour needs a few clipped or whatever, you know it'd be fine handy. It's a good skill to have. Um, so yeah, this year I'm aiming to try and do a few more. <laughs> And and how much is a few more? It always interests me what everyone's different few more is. Um, well, last year I think I did twenty six myself. Um, right. So maybe aim for like thirty, forty this year, maybe. Brilliant. Good. Good aspiration. See how that. fit I'm feeling. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's it. Um, and just just on while we've mentioned, Davy, is is he contract shearing quite a lot around you, or is he? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, him and another uh, local boy. They have their own sort of run, um, and it's all pretty much within Aberdeenshire. Um, so yeah, I think they, I think it was like thirty or forty thousand sheep they showed last year. 
So it just keeps them busy. People say that sort of number. <laughs> like having, I know. Having, yeah, different shearers on like Cami, who I know. I know you've met through the the, the landward side and the yeah. um, and Carl Devaney and, and other ones. And they're just like, yeah, you know, it's yeah, like 15,000. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I've done 17 <laughs> life there. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite, a, it's, you say it's a skill, but it's also the most insane endurance. <clears throat> um, absolutely. Mental, absolutely mental. It's, it's up near you, mainly suckler herds and, and sheep. It, is, is there much arable around as well, yeah. or am I sort of getting geography wrong? Um. No, sort of over towards the turf direction would be more arable kind of ground. Um, up here, we're sort of we're known as like an upland farm. Um, so it is majority suckler, um, breeding yows kind of ground. Um, we're sort of you do get a few more farms up beyond us that are growing barley, but not many. You're kind of getting at your your limit for your growing season. Um, but yeah, we don't grow much anyway. So yeah. This cough is really annoying me. I keep taking away from you speaking. Um, so, for for those of you that, that that have heard of Nicola, you'll know her as livestock farm her, which is I keep saying wrong when I try and say it correctly. Um, just livestock farmer with an H. It's really, really not that difficult. Um, that's like when you go to Starbucks and you're like, you know, it's it's Mark with a C, and they write Cark, and they're going to look up livestock <laughs> farmer now. Aren't they? Uh, <laughs> um, there's a lot of different Instagrams out there and Facebooks and stuff like that all about farming and first off I think that's great you know I think the more we're sort of pushing that narrative the better um but if you don't follow Nicola I'd strongly advise you to because it's not just photos of sheep and photos of calves and stuff like that it's it's actual information about why you're doing stuff why why you're using a certain product for for instance that sort of thing why did you go down that route Nicola as opposed to just putting some photos out there um I think I've always had an interest in you know trying to share why we do things as an industry um and like even from a young age my mum and dad used to go to schools um and like take a like educational trailer and they would take it into schools and show pupils and explain processes of you know your different cereals or your you've got a cow here and where your milk comes from where your meat comes from or whatever it might be and then um, I've always had that sort of drive as well to try and educate and inform people and I think <clears throat> excuse me I think growing up as well and like being more involved in farming I see like a bigger sort of gap farming um, and misinformation getting spread around and stuff like that so I think I kind of wanted to just go down the route of showing why we do things and trying to explain sort of processes of it happening. Um, and like, like I've always said, um, you know, since I started the account and like people who know me as well know that I always keep it real. Like you get the good and the bad. Um, and I think that's really important as well. And I think that's what a lot of people like to engage with um, because it is, it is real you know it's not all just happy sunny pictures of little wee lambs or calves or whatever you know and that's why I try and explain the whole process as well not just be like a to b or whatever you know 
Yeah, and that, that sort of real thing is is good. And I think it shows, I spoke with someone else in the podcast, a few people in the podcast about this recently, like I've had two posts that have blown up in the, I mean, blown up, blown up in the time that I've had social media accounts about farming. One of them is the wool price. <laughs> we know that's not good. Uh, <laughs> one of them is um, we had, uh, we very rarely have to assist in calving at our farm. It's a very extensive farm. Um, you know, it's not, run hard so we're not assisting often and we had to assist once yeah. use the calving jack talked about the truth about it calv was quite sore for the first few weeks and that blew up um yeah real life is a thing we all go through <laughs> it works it it, it it resonates with people um you you I, I didn't actually mean to plan to go into instagram and how uh, sort of numbers and stuff like that but just just where you mentioned what you did was was the intention of instagram just to sort of share did you ever think it would get to the size it has because you've only had instagram for a couple of years haven't you really it's not been around forever <clears throat> um no so i started my account in january 2021 um i'd sort of toyed with the idea for, for like <coughs> six months and then i'd gone oh should i shouldn't i and then i finally fucked up the courage to do it and it was purely just you know i thought friends family maybe some family friends whatever you know maybe a few uh, local farmers or whatever but no I really really did not think it would blow up the way it has um and like I'm so grateful for it doing that you know um and and getting across to the wider public and that was probably down to country file to be honest which which leads me on to the next thing country file why have you mentioned that could you tell us about country file <clears throat> so um it was must have been last July I was sitting, we were just coming back from a day shearing and um, I got a phone call and like, you know, now it's, this sounds so bad, but you know, nowadays you get so many fake calls or like rubbish calls <laughs> and it was this like random number and I was like, oh, this is just rubbish because I'd had a couple already that day and I was like, this is just rubbish and it was Davy actually it was like, oh, just answer it to see who it is. So um, I answered it and with that, um, I spoke to a lady and she was like oh um, it's so-and-so from Country File just to let you know um, congratulations you've been picked for our final three and I was like what <laughs> meanwhile I'm getting so many messages from my sister being like this person's gonna phone it's genuine I'll explain all later um, just pick up and speak so I was speaking away to her and she was like you don't sound like you know about this and I was like I genuinely have no idea um, so it turned out that my sister had nominated me for a competition um, hadn't heard anything like again since she nominated me like completely forgot about it herself and then got this phone call to say that I'd been picked for the final three um, and that the producers and Adam Henson um, wanted to come up and film on the farm so yeah it was <laughs> glad I picked up <laughs> Well, yeah, exactly. I know that's it. It wasn't someone selling PPI. Uh, no, which, which is nice. What What was the award? Um, so it was BBC Food and Farming Country Files Young Countryside Champion. <laughs> that was a mouthful. You, you really had to. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. So first off, congratulations on that. That's really cool. Thank you. Uh, what was involved when the team came up? So they wanted to kind of film like something happening on the farm um, and with it being it was like end of July August sort of time um, we 
were going through and uh, picking fat lambs. So they were like, that's perfect. We'll film all that, working with the dogs, running through, explaining why we picked the fat lambs, um, what weight we were taking them at, what did we look for, you know, just all that kind of general stuff. Um, and then basically, yeah, just had a chat. Um, and that was it, really. It was just a whole day of just taking lots of different shots for about five minutes on TV. It's, it's funny, isn't it? It's hours and hours for nothing, for, for yeah. a really short period of time. Small, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's quite, nothing's the wrong word that takes away from it, but a uh, short. Yeah. What, what was Adam like? Yeah. <clears throat> oh, he was brilliant, brilliant. Um, really, really genuine guy. Um, and just, he was so easy to chat to about farming as well, you know he was saying like what like his farm was and really interested in what our farm was and how we do things why we do things that sort of thing so no really 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 genuine guy I found much the same you know I haven't met him in person but for anyone listening we're talking about Adam Henson from Country File he's on that's right Articast number 25 the Christmas special um but you, you you hear quite a lot of negative things about him and I thought the complete opposite <laughs> you know I had him at yeah. half seven night and he was happy to sit for an hour with me, some random bearded guy that was just asking a load of questions that he's probably been asked a million times before. <clears throat> you know, yeah, I, I couldn't fault the guy. So, no, good to hear that. And, and there was a big award ceremony. You went down to, down to England. Yep. <clears throat> so we got got a wee day out in London, um, which was very different to what we're used to. Um, so, yeah, we all went down, the whole family went down um, and just sort of made a day of it. Um had the award ceremony at night in the BBC headquarters. And unfortunately, I didn't win. But I mean, I'm so delighted and grateful to have been A, nominated and B, to have gotten that far. You know, it's it's, it's a huge achievement in itself. So, so yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> it's a win in itself, really. Yeah, just because you didn't win that, you know. Do you know the, the people? Do you know who they are that were involved? Um, <clears throat> I saw them, they were there at the awards night, um, but I don't I don't really know them, no. Yeah. I hope you've kicked your feet up and got comfy and enjoying another fantastic episode of the R2Cast with another really interesting guest. I would just like to quickly take another second to plug the sponsors of the show today, The Scottish Farmer, and I would strongly advise you to go out and pick one up this week and see even more of the fantastic people that are in our industry. Um, just you mentioned your whole family went down earlier on we started talking about sort of the farm at home and that sort of thing um, and you mentioned your, your uncle had sort of left the business is it just yourself and your dad and your partner when he helps or is it, is it just you two um, so me, my dad and we've got a full time um, employee as well so us three full time and then my mum she's part time she does all the boring paperwork side of stuff <laughs> all the important stuff um, <laughs> So, and she helps out on the farm at lambing time. Um, and then I've got a brother and a sister as well, both older. Um, and again, very fortunate they come home and help during lambing or busy times. Um, but they don't, they don't work full time on the farm. It's quite funny how many folk do that. Like, you know, they're in the family farm, but not at all. And then at lambing time, everyone's there. <laughs> you know? It's roped back in. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. I mean, I haven't missed a lambing time ever I don't think you know um yeah. since I started even though I'm working away as a lecturer and stuff like that mum sort of always starts just about this time May June time you know 
got your holidays booked for March there, Wallace? <laughs> <laughs> just making sure she can get them in, you know. Um, yeah. Which is maybe why she pushed me to West Korea, because she knows I get lots of holidays. <laughs> that's the only reason that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, good, good stuff. Um, one thing I meant to actually ask earlier on was, you got pigs at ten. Are pigs mm-hmm. still around? Yeah. So <laughs> the pigs were always, um, as Mum says, it was either a make or break if I was going to be a farmer or not. So I got them as weaners, and they were to end up in the freezer, which they did. Um, so I kept. I think it was about like four months, three, four months. Um, and then they went to the freezer and um, maybe a bit harsh, but it was reality. So I named them sausage and bacon. <laughs> so every, yeah, so we had two to start with and then that we kept the pork for ourselves. Um, and the first two, we got 888 sausages, let alone all the other cuts. <laughs> um, so yeah, that lasted us, our family of five two years <laughs> that's insane <laughs> yeah <laughs> just, so, just that, that, that means you were still having over a sausage a day that's really impressive <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy mum had to go buy a new freezer to fit it all in <laughs> is, is, that, um, is that normal amount I don't know much about pigs at all <clears throat> I, I don't know we've never had the same again but I suppose we didn't really know what to like what we were gonna get back, you know, how much quantity wise. So I think he like the butcher maybe put more of it into sausages than he should have. Um, but I mean they tasted amazing, so we weren't complaining. <laughs> oh, there's nothing better than just a, just pork sausages. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um mm-hmm. no with you on that one. And so what what weight are you killing pigs at? It's different for for bacon that is for sausages isn't it it's all yeah so because they were just for our own consumption um (laughs) i was taking them to sort of like 120 kilos um and i was getting them about weaner age so about 30 kilos um and i've done that every every two years i've done that since um so i had i've increased it slightly in numbers (laughs) so i had four there the last time uh last year sorry um so yeah, that'll be that'll do us now, and then we'll get more next year, hopefully. So is is that still to to feed just friends and family and that, or are you selling it as well? Um, I sell a couple to our local butcher, um, and he he cuts them up, and then I sell a couple of the, the pigs to him, which he sells at a shop. Um, and then otherwise we just we still keep two for ourselves. Um, we've definitely started eating a lot more pork since we've started, obviously, <laughs> since we started doing that, but. It just, it, nothing tastes as good. It's just, it's, oh, it's just brilliant. If I don't say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. This is just your marketing campaign. <laughs> For when, when you up the sound numbers. Um, I, I, I'm, with, I'm not someone that eats a lot of pork, but I always enjoy it when I do. It, it's one of the, yeah. you know, whether that's, uh, you know, ham or, 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 or sausages, I'm always great. I'm just picturing it, uh, you know, when we were, when I was maybe, what would it be? Eight, oh, when did it shut? Nine years ago. So I'd be 14. Um, no, it wouldn't be. It'd be 16. But anyway, it doesn't matter. We had a little farm shop and we had loads of hens to produce the eggs for it. Okay. And basically what happened was the, the it's obviously a very touristy, touristy island, Darren. The road around our farm 
got shut and it just killed the business. So we were basically left with this like insane amount of hens producing a lot of eggs to go nowhere. Yeah, so we were, it was like, you know, mum, what's for breakfast? Eggs. What's for lunch? Eggs. What's for dinner? Eggs. Oh, mum, can I have a snack? Yeah, there's an egg. You know, like it was just eternal eggs. Um, and I was just, just picturing you with uh, your family yeah. with the pork sausages. <laughs> Brilliant. There, there's worse things to have to live off for sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how someone can be vegetarian and vegan and not have these sausages and stuff like that. Oh, oh I know. <laughs> that's a different discussion for a different day um, just just sort of going back uh, what, what I, I know you did say but I've forgotten um, it's more for me as opposed to those listening uh, what age did you say the um, oh what do you have I can't remember what what, what cattle you had what age are the cattle going away <laughs> what age are they going for store <clears throat> uh, they're going at a year old um, so sorry that 10 12 months yeah. um sell them all yeah grand and the the uh, the lambs are they going at like about 42 kilos is that the aim or is it uh, yeah. yeah yeah try and get as many away off their mothers um as possible and then just the rest are just fattened off grass and what sort of time would that be what time are you uh, we start we start <coughs> picking fat at the sort of second week of June um, and then every fortnight after that sometimes every week once we're really into it yeah yeah um, um, and that's lambing end of March yes of course yeah yeah and are they what What will they be at about 210% or is that a bit high maybe 200% yeah we're sitting just about 200% yeah 200% yeah no good stuff good stuff um the my mind's went completely blank. I don't know why I couldn't. I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember the word suckler. <laughs> so, so everything just disappeared. My whole head's disappeared, and it was going so well. And now, now my brain's decided not to work. Um, it's it's always sort of good to 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 bring different folk on. And, and as I said earlier, in the reason I ever started this podcast was back about the same week you would have started Instagram um, just telling folk what type of jobs are out there and uh, it's it's quite interesting we've got some folk that have never been in farming some folk that are in farming and, and, and still in farming uh, like like yourself obviously um, but it's cool to see that sort of that sort of difference so so first off it's been it's been really great to sort of sit down and have a chat about that sort of thing but there is two things I always ask people um, before they're allowed to run off. Now, I think you have said you've listened to the podcast, so maybe you're ready for these. Uh, but just before I do that, um, I think by now you'll have been on Landward. Could you tell us about that experience? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, again, totally out of the blue. Um, and a great day. So we had Doogie up and a, a producer and cameraman. And they were here just whilst we were starting to lamb the early mules. And then, um, so managed to film, uh, Yao managed to perform for us and we managed to film a live birth, so that was really good. Um, and then we were just sort of chatting about how we feed the Yao's pre-lambing, um, the ones that lamb outside, and just kind of chatting through that. And yeah, just showing them the sort of setup that we've got because we lamb outside mainly. Um, there's 
not as much space inside and it's it's purely just space for pens emergencies kind of thing um but no really really good uh, another great day another great experience um yeah another, another one for the for the tick box for the bucket list yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah that, that's actually one thing i probably should have mentioned you're talking about uh, very much more outdoor lambing than, than in, well no indoor lambing really just there for for assistance uh, I take it you train sheep dogs as well. Yeah, so Davy he has he's kind of better at training them than me. But um, I've got my my main dog Roxy. Um, we he did most of the training, but I did help some of it. Um, and yeah, I'd be lost without her. So lost. I I think can't not outdoor lamb without a dog, but it's just about there. Like I mean, yeah, you know, <clears throat> certainly when we were lambing at home. Mum and dad do the, the two outside bits and I'm stuck inside because I can't work a dog. Um uh, so yeah, no, I just wondered if you're involved in the process or if you if you were involved in trials or anything like that. But um I No, not. I did we did uh, <coughs> uh there was like a young farmers kind of trial not far from here, just over the hill actually, and um I took Roxy just for a laugh because she's an Australian Kelpie. So like trials are normally border collies and um yeah, she didn't do very well with me, but when Davy took her, she absolutely aced the course and she was one of the few dogs to actually get the sheep through all three gates. Um, right, okay. So yeah, I think I think that kind of surprised a few people. Because <laughs> she's um, she's uh she, well she is a Kelpie, but she's so small. She I think she's forgotten to grow. <laughs> <laughs> so focused on the sheep, you know. Um yep. yeah. <laughs> No, it's funny. I mean, I'm I'm not a dog person, and uh, I don't know much about them. So I've just looked them up. Is that what we're sort of? Yeah. yeah so here, she's actually here. Oh, she's here. Oh, brilliant! Look at that. You she's a, she's she's a worker, but she's very spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you've just been on. We've been doing this call for what I don't know. Best part of forty minutes, and she's been sat next to you the whole time. She's obviously very well behaved as well as being very well spoiled. <laughs> very that's the only reason to be fair that she's still in the house um because when we got her as a puppy we were kind of like moving house at the same time and I was like right when we move she'll get her own weekend or she'll you know she'll settle outside and well here we are two years later and she's still here <laughs> it doesn't seem like she's hampering too much <laughs> um no brilliant and yeah very pretty dog and, and it's it's one that I am um, not aware of but in fairness if it wasn't a collie or a labrador i'd probably be lost so um <laughs> I'm, I'm not up in dog and cat breeds at all um yeah as i said two questions that we end uh, every sort of podcast with and um, it's always good to sort of go from sort of start to finish in folks lives and stuff like that and you're obviously still quite young so um that's not going to be a 40-year process so uh, <laughs> we will get into that in a minute though um first off where do you see yourself in five years? And second, if you had any tips for folk coming into industry, what would they be? Oh, um, five years time. Um, still farming, hopefully. Good. <laughs> um, <laughs> in in what form? Who knows? <laughs> um, ideally, I'd like to still be farming sucklers. Um, and the sort of plan is to increase sheep as well. Um, and yeah, just try and keep farming the land and try and make a living off of it um, and just keep going with the Instagram, obviously. Um, 
try and promote and educate and inform people as much as possible uh, through that and also you know potentially through going to schools like what my mum and dad did um yeah just try and push farming as much as possible and show what a great industry we are um advice for anyone coming into it I would just say take every opportunity you can get um every opportunity and every experience um no matter what it is just go and grab it with both hands you know I think that's the advice that everyone gives and it's so true <laughs> you know it's sometimes you think oh you're on the same thing board it's not at all because that is the answer <laughs> uh, yeah. I've not done however many 48 of these and and like 46 folk have said that for no reason it is, it is you know open every door see what's inside it <clears throat> um, the, have you got any plans to expand over maybe not five years it's a very short time period but any plans to expand? Are you quite happy sort of with where the numbers sit at the minute? Um, oh, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say just now because of the way the prices and, and the way everything's looking. Um, ideally, yes, I would like to expand. Um, but who knows in what form? Um, it's such a hard, hard question. Um, because like, especially in farming, you know, you're always looking a year ahead where you know we've got the cow the bulls back in with next year's spring calving cows so you're constantly looking ahead um but yeah i would i i definitely wouldn't say no to expanding yeah yeah i, th I think that's the thing the uncertainty at the minute and even yeah. maybe not the uncertainty the certainty of how high the prices are at the minute is a uh, yeah it's scary i mean like for example you said um you a patch of arable there has, has the intentions of how much fertiliser is going on there different or are you sticking to how it was or how did that um, go? <clears throat> at the moment, we're sticking to how it was. Um, but I think, I mean, prices are still crazy high, but I think it'll be sort of winter next year is when everyone's going to really feel that effect. Um, more so, I mean, don't get me wrong, the prices are ridiculous just now. But I think next year is really going to be challenging and I think we are going to have to adapt and look at alternatives um what that might be I don't know at the moment no I, I don't think anyone does <laughs> really, I, I, you know we know what the alternatives are <laughs> but we don't yeah. know if those alternatives are feasible and we don't know if you know fertilizer prices are here to stay you know they, they might come down a bit but I don't see them down at the 200s and stuff ever again um, no, it's just not happening, you know. And they're probably going to find their way up again. And it's, it's a, uh, you know, maybe some people think that's good to reduce fertilizer usage and stuff. But when something happens like that, it's very hard to work with. Um, yeah, it did. I mean, we were talking two hundred less than a year ago, two fifty, not two hundred, but you know, two fifty, two sixty, yeah. quite insane. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, um, really good tips, and, and it's always nice to hear when someone says in five years, I still want to be doing similar to what I'm doing and um, means they're happy in what they're doing which is good say what they're doing more Wallace I think you said it like six times in the last two minutes <laughs> uh, but yeah really appreciate you coming on uh, I thought it's been great to chat it's, it's always quite fun as I say to everyone that's, that's on this you follow someone for however long and you always sort of see them but they mean nothing they're just a picture yeah <laughs> uh, and then it's, it's actually good to sort of open up and have a chat so so thank you very much for coming on I hope you enjoyed yourself um, no thank you so much for having me
not at all, not at all. And uh, yeah, it's thank you. Um, it's it's good, good to meet loads of different people. For those of you listening, I hope you've enjoyed as well. Uh, this was number forty-eight. <coughs> Next week we will be uh, bringing on Catherine Dick. Now this is sponsored by the Scottish Farmer. Uh, the R two cast is sponsored by the Scottish Farmer, as as a lot of you know. Catherine works um, for the Scottish Farmer as a journalist, as someone that goes out to events, to, to different things, to farms, whatever, uh, and and is, is involved in creating the Scottish Farmer. So look forward to that next week. The following week, <clears throat> I haven't actually arranged yet, so that's quite exciting, but that will be number 50, which is quite cool. Um, as I said at the start, kind of mad to think we've got here. Um, but yeah, that's thanks to a lot of you guys for listening. Thanks to a lot of the cool guests like like Nicola today uh, for coming on. So we shall see you next week. And thank you very much, Nicola. Thank you. Well, that's it. Another R2Cast finished. Another agricultural mind opened up. And I would just like to say that getting these guests on board uh, does take time uh, and it always has done, but I've now went weekly and with that comes even more time required. And I would just like to finally thank once more the Scottish Farmer for sponsoring the show and making that much more possible. Please be sure to get in touch if you've any ideas of people you'd like to see on the podcast or maybe ideas you have for me presenting better because I definitely do require that. See you in the next one.